there. This is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast. I am continuing to read the insights I have found while seeking to understand what the scriptures say that the true church of God should look like. All of this information comes from my free ebook titled The True Church of God, and it can be downloaded freely at the freegiftfromgod.com website. So let me continue reading, and I hope you find something of value in the insights the Lord has given to me. So far, we've looked at the structure of the church, noting that the way the church should be structured according to the patterns in the New Testament are Christ at the head of the church, a governing body of co-equal elders in the church, and if required, deacons to assist the elders in operational aspects of the church. In the early church, we also saw the apostles were in leadership roles as the church began to grow. The twelve apostles of the early church were appointed by Jesus when he selected them to do the work of spreading the gospel to the world. They effectively operated as both apostles and elders in the early church. But they were not the only elders, for we see James, the brother of Jesus, was an elder, but he was not described anywhere as an apostle. However, to be an apostle is not a role that any person can be appointed to by man, unlike the way elders and deacons are appointed in the church. Apostles are appointed by Christ as one of the ministry gifts to the church. There are five ministry gifts given to the church, and these are outlined in Ephesians chapter 4. And his gifts were that some should be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. That's Ephesians 4 verse 11. In addition to these five gifts to the church, there were other gifts given for ministry in and to the church. For the most part, those other gifts were given to support the five ministry gifts given to the church, and we'll look at them later in this section. The five ministry gifts are the primary and most important gifts given to the church, as they are given for the express purpose of building up the body of Christ. They are given so that the church will grow and become strong. The aim of the gifts is to bring all of the members in the church to maturity in Jesus Christ. If we continue to read the scriptures that follow the verse above, we see all of these points identified. It reads like this from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 12 to 16. They were to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the cunning of men, by their craftiness in deceitful wiles. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every joint with which it is supplied, when each part is working properly, makes bodily growth and upbuilds itself in love. Ephesians 4, 12-16 This is the purpose of the ministry gifts, to bring the church to the fullness of the stature of maturity in Jesus Christ. These ministry gifts are meant to bring the individual members of the church to maturity so that the members are built up into the likeness and image of Jesus Christ. For this to occur, the gifts must first be present in the church and be operated under the correct structure of the church. Too often this is not the case, especially when we see one person displacing Christ at the head of the church. 
It is my opinion that the ministry gifts cannot operate properly in an antichrist church structure, and when this happens, the members of that church cannot grow and mature in Jesus Christ. They can never come into the likeness of Jesus Christ because the building blocks necessary to get them there are not fully functional. That is another reason why the church structure is so important, so that the gifts of ministry can function properly in the church and the work of maturing the church can be effective. I should add here that these ministry gifts do not necessarily have to reside in the elders or even in the deacons of the church, although often they will have some of these gifts simply because they are typically the more mature members of the church. For instance, we see examples of people in the Bible who operated ministry gifts who were not elders in the early church. Examples include Philip, who was one of the seven and an evangelist in Acts 21 verse 8. Philip had four unmarried daughters who were prophets. Acts 21 verse 9. Timothy also was an evangelist. We see that in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 5. There was also a prophet named Agabus from Judea in Acts 21 verse 10. The ministry gifts are not necessarily invested only in the elders of the church. This is important to remember because the ministry of the church belongs to all of the church, not just the leaders of the church. What does this mean? It means that the responsibility for ministry in the church is spread across the church. Various members may have different roles and responsibilities to work in and for the church. I mentioned in earlier sections that one of the biggest issues in the modern church is burnout among pastors and ministers in the church. This is quite common today, and the reason why is that these men are overloaded and burdened with all or the majority of the work in the church. Congregations look to the pastor or minister as the leader in the church, expecting him or her to have all of the answers to any situation or question that arises. As a consequence, the ministers and pastors burn out. But we see that in the early church, Christ organised the church to be led by a group of apostles and elders, and as the church grew, they appointed deacons to assist. Furthermore, we see that the gifts of ministry were spread amongst other members of the church, not just the apostles and elders. The work of the church was not invested in just one person, but was spread across those in the leadership roles and those who had been given the ministry gifts by the Lord. Thus, by having many hands to do the work, the burden is lightened so that no one should suffer burnout. Today, there are people in some churches who have the titles of apostle, prophet, teachers, pastors, evangelists, and so on. But unless that gift has been given by the Lord Jesus Christ, it is meaningless. The truth is that all of the ministry gifts to the church are given by Christ through the Holy Spirit, and in some cases by divine revelation, as it was with Paul and Barnabas. It is possible that some people may have one of these gifts and be doing the work of one of these ministries without realising they have been given the gift to do that ministry. They just simply do the work of a pastor or a teacher, evangelist or whatever. So let's now look at the first of these ministry gifts in the next section. And next time we will look at apostleship. That's all I have for this week. I hope you found it interesting and I hope you will join me again next week as I continue to look at these aspects of the true church of God. All of the information I'm covering here is contained in a free ebook titled The True Church of God that can be downloaded from the freegiftfromgod.com website. 
So until next week, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast signing off and hoping you have a blessed week ahead. God bless. Oh,